Is it really? But um, can I invite you to open your Bibles with me and turn to the Gospel of Mark. And we'll read verses um, 14 to Word of God, where it says, Again, Jesus called the crowd to him and said, Listen to me, everyone, and understand this nothing outside a man can make him unclean by going into him. Rather, it is what comes out of a man that makes him unclean. After he had left the crowd and entered the house, his disciples asked him about this parable. Are you so dull? he asked. Don't you see that nothing that enters a man from the outside can make him unclean? For it doesn't go into his heart, but into his stomach, and then out of his body. In saying this, Jesus declared all foods clean. He went on. What comes out of a man is what makes him unclean. For from within, out of men's hearts, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, Murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance and folly. All these evils come from inside and make a man unclean. Thanks, Carl. Let's pray. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, we uh, thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you that you sent your Son into the world that we might know you. And Father, we ask that as we think about his words, uh, that he spoke about uh, what the problem with people is and how uh, they can be fixed. Lord, we pray that you give us ears to hear and hearts to receive uh, and to believe what you have to say to us. We ask it for Jesus' sake. Amen. Well, I don't know how you would fix the world. Uh, I don't know if you've thought about that question. Uh, How would you fix the world? It's a difficult question. Uh, And when we asked people, when people in the church went and asked their friends and their family and so on, uh, we got a whole range of interesting answers. Someone suggested that Tim Tams could fix the world. Uh, Someone else suggested that uh, Araldite or Superglue could fix the world. But far and away, the most common responses that we had had to do with fixing people. So some of the responses that we received were things like, if only everyone listened to each other. People are too selfish. There's too much greed for money and power. There are too many bad people. People need to go back to the golden rule. Do to others as you would have them do to you. People need to care for each other more. By far the most responses suggested that the solution to the world's problems were people themselves and that we needed to somehow make people better. 
And remarkably, on that point, Jesus actually agrees. Jesus, in this passage that Ben just read for us, agrees that the problem with the world is actually people, us. We're going to spend some time this morning thinking through what the Bible has to say about the idea that we can fix the world by fixing people. And we're going to do that by looking at this passage uh, that we just read before from Mark's biography of Jesus' life. Uh, And in that passage, Jesus says that it's right to think that people are the problem that we need to fix. But what Jesus does is he challenges the depth of the problem And Jesus also challenges how that problem can be fixed. So first of all, Jesus, uh, in those verses that uh, Ben read, first of all, Jesus homes in on the problem. In the passage that we read here, uh, Jesus calls the crowd to himself and he begins by saying, nothing outside of of a person can make them unclean by going into them. Rather, it is what comes out of a person that makes them unclean. It sounds at first that what Jesus is talking about is food hygiene and toilet habits. It's not what you eat that makes you unclean, it's it's what comes out of you when you go to the toilet that makes you unclean. It helps, I think, to know that in Jesus' day, unclean was a religious category. People who were unclean were unfit to approach God. But even though Jesus' disciples knew that, they still didn't really understand what Jesus was talking about. And so when they got the chance, they went to Jesus and they asked him what he meant. So in verse verse 21, Jesus explains what he means and he says, For from within, out of a person's heart, come evil thoughts, Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance and folly. All these things come from inside and make a person unclean. At the risk of being crass, Jesus is not saying that the problem of uncleanness is about needing to wipe your bottom and wash your hands after you've been to the toilet. It sounds almost like that's what Jesus is saying. But what Jesus is saying is that the problem is not dirt on the outside, but dirt on the inside. He's saying that what really makes a person unclean is the fact that their hearts are factories of filth. Just like our bodies, in one sense, are factories of filth as well. What comes out of a person is evil thoughts, sexual immorality, Lewdness, greed, theft, hatred, malice, murder, deceit, envy, slander, arrogance and folly. Take your pick. It all comes out of people's hearts. We might be outwardly respectable. We might be clean and neat and tidy and have nice clothes that are crisp and well ironed and well laundered. But deep down, all of us are the great unwashed. The deep problem with humanity and with the world, says Jesus, is what comes out of our hearts. And not just what comes out of the hearts of some people, but what comes out of the heart of every person. What comes out of your heart and my heart. Think about a child, for instance. Nobody has to teach a child to be selfish. Nobody sort of raises a child and they get to the age of two and they say, now, 
Now sit down, Johnny, and we're going to teach you how to be selfish and greedy. They seem to know how to do it on their own. Nobody has to teach a child how to disobey. Nobody has to teach a child to be rude or unkind. Nobody has to teach a child to hit their brother or sister. Nobody has to teach a child to steal the other kids' toys. No, in fact, quite the opposite. We have to spend an inordinate amount of time teaching and training children not to be rude and unkind and not to steal the toys of other people, not to hit their brother and sister. And no matter how hard we try, what we try to teach children, even adults still need to learn. No, the problem is not just out there and everybody else. The problem is in here. Take a moment to think about your own life. Take a moment to think about your own heart. How do you think about people? Do you always think the best of people? Or do you sometimes paint other people in the worst light that you can? So... You have an argument with someone in your own head and they always lose. And what about envy? Do you envy other people? Or are you always incredibly pleased to see them succeed? Even when you fail. And what about slander? Is everything that you say about other people always positive? Or is it full of gossip, taking people down a peg, that person at work that you just want to bring down to size? So you complain about them to everybody else at work. And what's so damning, I think, is that we not only do those things to the people that we dislike which is one thing, which is bad enough. What's so terrible, I think, and what's so exposing of the condition of our own hearts is that we do those very things to the people that we love the most. We hurt the people that we love. The people that we promise to love. And we end up doing the things that we determinedly set out not to do. Jesus says the problem is us. The problem is not them. The problem is not first and foremost drugs. The problem is not first and foremost he or she made me do it. The problem is not if they hadn't have been unkind to me, I wouldn't have done it it back. The problem is not them. It's us. It's our own hearts, the heart of every single human being. In the Old Testament, there was a great king and leader of God's people named David. And David was a good man and he was a good king. He was a godly man, but he messed up terribly. He had an affair with another man's wife and he got her pregnant. And to cover it up, he uh, had the other man, the, uh, the husband, killed off. It was a sordid affair. It's probably the most sordid affair that you can imagine. It's the kind of thing that makes front page news in our newspapers. This is what David says about himself. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. When did all this problem begin? David says, 
It was right from the moment he was conceived. Right from that moment, his heart was the problem. Before he'd even been born into the world, David says, his heart had been filthy and corrupt and needing to be fixed. And so it is with every one of us. So the problem is us. The problem is deep down that we love evil rather than good. The problem is that we love ourselves rather than God. Deep down, we're angry, greedy, selfish, loveless and unkind. The problem is our filthy hearts. Well, how do we fix that? Having highlighted the depth of the problem, Jesus goes on to challenge also the solutions that people normally have to that problem. The people that Jesus was talking to thought that they could fix the problem by controlling what goes in, by controlling what they ate. So in verse 18, Jesus says, Don't you see that nothing that enters a man from the outside can make him unclean? For it doesn't go into his heart, but into his stomach, and then out of his body. What you eat isn't the problem, says Jesus, because it just goes in one end and comes out the other. It doesn't go into your heart. You can imagine, can't you, all the the books in the first century being sold, uh, the cookbooks, the heart-cleansing diet, you know, and it would go through, it would go across on Oprah, well, Oprah's not around anymore, is she? But uh, it would go through all the, uh, the, the telemarketing shows and the people would come on with the heart-cleansing diet and they'd say, if you eat these things, you'll be a good person. It's ridiculous, isn't it? I mean, nobody really thinks that what you eat can change the kind of person that you are. Because what goes into you goes into your stomach and not into your heart. It's such a silly idea. But the great tragedy is that so many people believe something similar. Loads of religions teach that you can become a better person by lighting a candle or by kneeling before an idol or by dressing a certain way or by going to a certain place. And Jesus says that's all completely ridiculous because it doesn't do anything in here. It's just skin deep. How is lighting a candle going to make you a better person? Or turning up to a church, even? In many ways, our society has very similar ideas too to the religious leaders of Jesus' day. They have the same kinds of ideas about how to fix people up. We think that if we can control what goes into a person that we can fix them up and make them good people. So we run endless education campaigns in the hope that by putting the right information into people that somehow they'll be better. So every time there's a problem in the world, what happens? The school curriculum expands. And the school curriculum's been expanding for the last 50, 60 years. Every year it gets bigger because every year we discover a new problem that needs to be fixed by what we tell people. But the problem is so often that people, the problem isn't that people don't know what to do. The problem is that people know exactly what to do, but they don't want to do it. Everybody knows that speeding is wrong, but everybody does it because they can't be bothered. They don't want to do what's right. We think if we can get people out of poverty and get people into work, that that will fix the problem. 
We think if we can remove people from bad influences that that will fix the problem. Some people think that if we send all the nasty people back to the countries that they came from, that will somehow fix the problem. Sometimes people think that better rules or more rules are the answer. So not only whenever there's a problem in our society do we increase the education curriculum, the other thing that we do is we invent a new law. That's why we have uh, so much red tape, because every time something goes wrong, we need to create a law to fix it. Someone gets hurt in some situation, and we we create a law, a great big fence around society, so that will never happen again. Some people think that that's the solution that Christianity gives to the world's problems. Some people think that the message of the Bible is that The way that we fix people is by giving people good laws, good rules to live by. And if they have those good rules, then people will be good people and the world will be a good world. There are certainly lots of religions that teach that, but that is not the message of the Bible. Jesus says the fundamental problem is not what's going into people, it's what's coming out. The problem is not what goes into your heart, but what's already there. It's the imaginative ways that our hearts find to do the very things that God hates. Which is not to say that things like education and laws and removing people from bad influences, it's not to say that those things don't achieve anything at all. They do. They they do have a positive effect. They do make the world, in some sense, a better place. The problem is those things can never fix the fundamental problem. They can never reach inside our hearts and change who we are. So the question then is, how do you get inside a heart and make it clean? Every time I go to the hospital, uh, I dutifully use the hand cleaner. I don't think anyone else who goes into the hospital ever use the hand, uses the hand cleaner because I've never once seen anyone else but myself using it. But I'm always there at the lift, uh, you know, putting my hand under and dutifully rubbing my hand with the, uh, with the alcohol uh, stuff, whatever it is. You can wash your hands, can't you, to make, to make them clean and to stop the spread of infection. But how do you wash a heart? Can you get alcohol wipes to cleanse a heart? Is there a kind of an operation that you can do, that you can open people up and change them to be somebody else? Well, Jesus doesn't actually answer here in this particular passage how to fix the problem. But the Bible does address that, uh, does give that answer in lots of different places. And I want to read just two of those passages too. The first is from the first half of the Bible. It's from the time before Jesus came. And it's from the words of a man called Ezekiel. And it's a promise of what God would do through Jesus to fix the problem of people's hearts. It's from Ezekiel 36. And it says this, God says, I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. 
And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. In other words, God promises that he will do what's needed. He will change hearts. He will wash them in a way that we can never wash them ourselves. He'll wash them through his Holy Spirit. He'll take away our filthy hearts and give us new, clean, pure hearts that love to do what God wants. The second passage comes from the New Testament, from the time of Jesus, from the time just after Jesus. These words are explaining what Jesus came to do for those people who trust in him. They're in, uh, these words are from uh, the Apostle Paul's letter to Ephesians in chapter 5. And Paul begins, he begins by giving an instruction to uh, husbands about loving the, their wives, but he gets so caught up in talking about what God has done and and what God is doing in Jesus. He says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish but holy and blameless. So what did Jesus do? He gave himself up. He gave himself up on a, to death on a cross in order to make his people holy. He gave himself up to death on a cross in order to wash people in the way that we could never wash ourselves. He gave himself up to death on a cross so that at the very last day Jesus might present his people as radiant people without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish. Paul's looking ahead to the last day when Jesus returns, when all of us stand before the judgment seat of God. And he says that those people who trust in Jesus will be presented by Jesus as pure and radiant and holy and blameless and spotless without stain or wrinkle or any blemish. At the last day there will be those who stand before God with their filthy hearts, their unwashed hearts, their hearts that they've never been able to get clean. And there will be those who stand before God who've been washed by the blood of Jesus, pure, radiant, holy and blameless. We can't do it for ourselves, but Jesus can if we put our trust in him. Jesus is like the ultimate laundry service, which might sound like a profane description, but that's actually the Language that the Bible uses to convey to us what Jesus is doing. We bring stained, filthy, dirty, soiled hearts. And Jesus does the work to make washed, bleached, pure, holy, spotless, without wrinkle, without blemish, hearts devoted to God. There are some people who try to do the laundry themselves to save money, to save effort, because they think they can or because they don't like Jesus. But our heart stains are too stubborn and they need professional cleaning. And the kind of professional cleaning that we need is professional cleaning that only Jesus can do. How do you fix the world? By fixing people? Yes. But only Jesus can do the real heart fixing that any of us need. 
Earlier I mentioned David, the good king who ended up doing those terrible things and who said that he was sinful right from the moment he was born. Well, David knew that God was the only one who could help him in his predicament. He knew that God was the only one who could fix people. And so David prayed this prayer. He prayed, Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. It's a prayer that God answered with the coming of Jesus. When Jesus died to blot out all our sins and rose again to create in us pure hearts. Well, I'm going to pray a similar prayer to David's prayer now. And if you want God to fix you and fix your heart, you might like to pray the prayer, uh, this prayer in your own heart to God as well. So let's bow together in a time of prayer. Lord Jesus, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Thank you that you are willing. Please make me clean. Forgive me for all the wrong things that I've done against you. Forgive me for all the wrong things that I've done against other people. Forgive me that deep down I love evil rather than good. Forgive me that deep down I love myself rather than you. Take away all my sins. Wash me and make me a new person. Make me a person who loves and follows Jesus. For I ask it in his name. Amen.